just to just to fill everybody in that, that's listening, this podcast is going to be a little bit of everything, shit talking, the serious conversations like we are with Mike right now, to 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 you know just another day at tops, I guess. Uh, it could, it could, it's going to bounce around, so you know for sure people are going to have to wear earmuffs. Whoever don't want to hear Jesus and Craig cussing, but yeah, sorry about um, that, guys. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll try to watch. You know how bad we are. (laughs) Terrible. Yeah, this. uh, I'm rather surprised to hear any cussing coming from our choir boy, Jesus. (laughs) 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 Balance, balance, and everything, right? Oh yeah. Yep. I don't like these questions. Same here. I had a question about, well, you're starting to do all this, right? Like all these training, all these classes. Was Joe Rogan the first like major like podcast that you jumped on? Or was there something before that? Because I've been, I've seen you on like Deshaun Ryan. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he, he followed the page for a while apparently. Mm-hmm. And he would comment on things. He would like things. And all of a sudden he just, there was, People ask me, like, it, what, did his publicist reach out? Who did you have to go through to get on? Like, it was an Instagram message. To you? Yeah. Hey, dude, what's up? Hey, this is Joe Rogan. Yeah, what's up? Um, you want to come talk, talk about your experience? Like, sure. Uh, are you open these days? I'll, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Cancel everything. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, I find myself in the green room uh, petting his dog, you know? Uh, and I'm just going on. Um, and, you know, but, but th- by this point I was selling out classes and stuff like that. I was already known mm-hmm. popular, uh, and the training field, it just basically made me more known outside of that. Um, second time I went on, it just, you know, exploded everything, mm-hmm. you know, um, as far as, uh, access to people. You know, meeting weird celebrities, um, going into Hollywood and working on that side of it now. Um, getting access to weird subcultures and communities. Like I've, I've gotten to speak to people that uh, do urban ex- exploration in certain parts of this country that are fucking amazing. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up a, a part of that podcast where you took sure. that whistle. Yeah, that's what. Motherfucker, man. You, you hear him blow that? I actually bought one. Chills. Oh, that scary ass one? Yeah. It gives you the chills. Yeah. So, like, you're here in the podcast and he's blowing that shit and, you know, and hear him talking about it and they, you know, you with you, dude. No, no. No, I have a collection of them, but I think that was, that was a, probably that spiked. Uh, fucking uh, death whistle sells internationally. Anything he does probably. spikes. Yeah. Look, I'm carrying a freaking so, pioneer. Or so that that, that uh, death whistle. I I went to Mexico City to do a class out there for uh, some government people and and, and some uh, some people in the private sector. And I've, I've done multiple classes down there since the start of my training career. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took me to a to a, a there's a Santa Muerte church down there. A few, it's like everywhere, but one of them has a giant Santa Muerte statue that's just like that. So I went there, and I have a picture of me on, on in the on the back of a federal police truck. That was my ride to that temple, right? So I rode there, and I was dressed in civilian clothes, and I was like, "What you want to ride in the front? No, I want to ride in the back." 
right? And just, I <laughs> ruined the back like this, right? <laughs> because that, you know, I, I, I like the fuckery. I'm sorry. I just can't <laughs> leave well enough alone. So when I got there, I, I, I jumped out of there, and there's some of the dudes that were putting candles in there walked down. It's like, yeah, like, what did you do, you know? Like, nothing. I'm fine. It was, <laughs> that was oh, my right. <laughs> how much did you pay them to let you go? It's like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's rough. It was rough. And I was, <laughs> and it, but, but, you know, in, like mind-blowing, some of these federal guys went in there and put candles on the Santa Marta statue. And then these guys, drug dealers, were over here putting theirs on there. So it's a truth there. Anyways, one of the drug dealer guys that was doing their thing there uh, came over and said, you know, um, you know, come inside. And there's a store there. And they had this death whistle, you know. And he started explaining what the death whistles was, what it was about. And he just pulled you not knowing you, just pulled you in. Conversa I, I like, uh, you've seen me talk mm -hmm. to people. Yeah. That's that's my nature, you know, talking to people, just being open to shit. Uh, you know, he saw my predicament. So in his mind, I was a criminal. He saw me getting out of it. So in his mind, I was capable, I yeah. guess. And he also saw my disorientation. So I, I, I didn't, I wasn't a threat. So he just talked to me about, you know, Santa Muerte. He saw some of the Santa Muerte rosary that I would carry myself. So he identified with me. And he walked in the store and he talked about the death whistle, right? He said, oh, the, the Aztecs would, you know, go to towns like at night and just blow on these fuckers all throughout the night just to keep the, the villagers awake. Like several nights to get them really tired and then they would attack. Fuck. And I was like, holy shit, I want one. <laughs> So we got, I got it, and uh, I bought it from the lady there. That then turns out the lady was like the wife of the dude that just sold me this fucking death whistle. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so he I was, was like, doing marketing. No, I thought I was getting the better of them, and yeah. I got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's great. So I had it with me, and I traveled to L uh, back to L.A., and I got on there, and you know, I was like, hey, I want, like, are you into weird shit? It's like, yeah. His uh, his uh, podcast desk is just filled with all this weird shit that people leave there. Uh, so I I brought a Santa Marta statue from that from that uh, store. Uh, uh, not uh, the, the death whistle from that store and a Santa Marta statue that I found in a safe house during my career. And he put it on the thing, and then he blew that death whistle <laughs> during that podcast. It's like that was pretty surreal. And uh, you know, death whistle uh, sales spiked. You know. Internationally, probably. Yeah, I'm gonna probably go yeah. buy one. I bought one. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I bought it off Amazon. Hopefully, it works. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it was like 50 bucks. It sounds oh, like shit, a never. horrible screeching owl. That's what it sounds like, kind of. It's, uh, you know, uh, 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 witches, uh, Santa Muerte priestesses and witches use it to, uh, to, uh, to scare away the bad entities during uh, rituals, like before you get a cleansing in some parts of Mexico. See, there's a blow on that. You know, it's a weird thing. And as a cultural element, you know, from where we're from, you know, that's a, people don't understand that a lot of the Santa Marta stuff that I put forth is about heritage, you know, uh, cultural heritage. As a Mexican, as a Mexican, as, and people that are that have that ancestry, uh, Santa Marta, the, the the image of Santa Marta, that death effigy, has a lot of connotations, negative and positive, in, in Mexico. But the main thing that people need to realize. It's the last and only surviving vestige of Aztec or Mexica religion. Yeah, because a lot of people confuse it, think it's 
it's got to do with Catholicism and it that's how it hit itself yeah. but it is the last living religious iconography that we have from Mexica times before the before the Spanish came so you want to talk about survive the the a symbol of survival a symbol of blending in a symbol of just fucking figuring shit out through the centuries in one of the most repressive catholic countries on the planet which is Mexico yeah especially in the 1920s and it survived uh, so when you see that image of Santa Muerte, it means a lot to me culturally. You know, people are like, "Hey, Ed, are you into the whole death? Are, do you believe in death?" It's like, yeah, it's pretty real. Yeah, that's it's the only sure thing that everybody has to go through: death and taxes. You know, <laughs> yeah. have an altar for both. You know, uh, but maybe the main thing is the symbology of it. You know, the death whistle and some of the stuff that I post up and the skeleton that I use for a logo. It's heritage. You know, and, and as Mexicans, you know, people are listening to this. The persina, ah, es el diablo, es la muerte, es el diablo, it's the devil. Uh, that is a colonized part of your mind saying that. Yeah. And the other side of, the, of your mind that wants to buy one to keep it in your office, that's <laughs> the Mexica side. So just listen more. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had a question changing kind of subjects a little bit because you're like you said you're, you're always learning from everybody how do you f filter out the horseshit from like the actual stuff that uh, I always look I always look for experience in people if you have experience experience is a bitch of a teacher but she will never lie to you and you can fake a lot of shit yeah. but not experience and I've met some people talk that wanted to talk to me about violence and killing and wrote books on it and shit like that that had pretty noses and pretty ears and had very smooth and nice hands. And I can tell that they've never done shit in their lives. I personally look for experience. And if you can show me and then tell me, I'm all about sitting down and learning from you. Yeah, because it's, especially now where, you know, social media and all that, it's really tough to... To discern who's... To discern who's... I mean... Uh, I'm not saying that inexperienced people won't be able to show you a skill set. I mean, I've, uh, I've, I, I myself, I'm not a shooting instructor. Hmm. You know, shot a lot of guns, but I'm not a shooting instructor. Uh, but I go, I, I, I do, I, I go and train with people every now and then on my own. You know, I would quietly show up there like a, <laughs> like, a like a Bedouin fucking nomad with my giant G3 rifle and my weird plate carrier that I sewed myself and shit like that. Get some odd looks. Uh, and I learned from people that probably never been in a combat zone, and I learned some, you know, fundamentals. Uh, but when it can, gets time to some of the complicated stuff, like some of the tactics, why some things work, why some things don't work, I want to see somebody that can show me and show me first, and then tell me what I'm seeing, you know, and then tell me what 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 I should see, you know. Um, so I always look for experience myself, and that's just me. Like right, people are like, hey, like Ed, like, what do you train? Well. I'm doing jujitsu, you know, every now and then when I can. Uh, I'm currently in a weird rediscovery of uh, ethnic, ethnic, regional ethnic uh, uh, herbal medicines and traditional medicines uh, from the place where I'm born. I, I go and just gather things that I remember my mom would. I didn't know the names, but mm -hmm. now I know. I didn't know the science behind it, but I'm now learning from. I, I went to visit some of the. Uh, um, Kumiai Indians in Baja and, and, and went through to see how they would do their things and I was like I grew up around this shit I 
grew up around it. I, I should know more about it. So I, I've been kind of apprenticing under some of them and just learning some of that stuff again for myself. And I'll, Ed, that's like, be shit. Why, why do you want a plant medicine and shit like that? Some of that shit can be weaponized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because as somebody, as somebody that like loves learning as much as I can, like I'm always interested in in the way people decide what yeah. what is like, yeah. legit. Uh, I, so, I, 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 personally, for that. I personally try and get information or skill sets from people that know it. Uh, so if I want to learn grappling, I'll go to a jiu-jitsu guy or I'll go to a Greco-Roman guy. I'll learn things specifically, catch wrestling. I'll learn specialities first. Yeah. When it comes to combatives, it's a pretty good analogy of this. And then I'll go to learn from a Muay Thai guy. I'll go learn from a boxer. I'll go learn these things separately, and I'll put them together for myself. You know, basically all of them are giving me letters, and I'll learn to put the the words together myself. That's that's how I like to go about things. Yeah. Uh, there are people out there that want to show you everything. You know. Yeah. And, and that's you know, be worried about the guy that show you firearms, medical, karate, knife karate. Uh, double knife karate, uh, nunchuck skills, and also cybersecurity. You have to worry about that guy. That guy's probably half-assing at least most, yeah, all of most it. of yeah, it, most right? Of it. You never know, because, like, for example, I like learning, like, the way I learn is <laughs> I, I try to learn the general stuff, and then you focus in on the important thing. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> like, there are people that, like, because one skill kind of leads you to get better uh, at the other skill, and... It helps you. I don't know. Okay, uh, I get asked by government agents, uh, agencies, questions every now and then, right? Mm-hmm. Problems they have, you know, possible solutions, weird shit that they've never seen before, or questions about just simple stuff that I post on my Instagram account. They all yeah. of a sudden turn into, what it, what, where, how? Because you know? you're Be- not turning into that guy. No, well, because well, now you got all these. Like all these experiences now. At some point, I was asked a question about how to hide a um, um, a chip for your phone, mm. right? That was a question, and I know this question was asked of other people, and everybody tried to come up with a solution. And these other people were millions of dollars worth of U.S. government training behind them, and smart guys. Some of them had. You know, went to school after. You know, they did the fucking, you know, use that GI Bill and all. And I'm this fucking dude from Tijuana, you know? <laughs> and I came up with a solution. And the solution was uh, a fake nail put on a foot, like a Lee press on nail type situation. And I had to go into the realm of learning about fucking putting nails on and shit like that. I'm not going to learn that from the CIA. I'm not going to learn that from uh, a Navy SEAL or a Green Beret. I had to go to a place and learn about how they fucking put these nails on and talking to them about the possibility of building a void in one of these nails to hide it on your foot to smuggle a cell phone chip into a country that doesn't want cell phone chips and doesn't want internet access. That's People can figure that shit out if they want, right? And it worked. You know, for the time they would need it, and and later on it was burnt, but it, I didn't burn it. You know, it was something that was burned. Uh, when I wanted to figure that out, I had to fucking go and learn how to fucking do nails, basically. That's that's an example of something that, you know, everybody wants a cool fucking 
You know, everybody wants to learn the cool skills, a fucking running gun, you know? But nobody wants to learn how to fucking build a fucking rifle from the scratch, right? Or how to put a fucking front loader, uh, make a front loader. I mean, if I was going to MacGyver some shit and I had enough time, I'd probably make a blunderbust, you know? Like a modern fucking fucking hobo tactical <laughs> blunderbust. Big old shrapnel bomb. <laughs> right? that, I would make that shit. I could, and I, and I, you know, I may or may not have played around with that shit, right? But it's the, 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 the mindset is this. What's the problem? What's the possible problem that can happen? And what are the skill sets that I need to learn around the problem that I need to solve? You learn them, you solve the problem, you move on. And later on in life, some of those skills will be auxiliary. I'll show somebody how to make a cord, uh, uh, show somebody how to make one of these um, uh, scapulario, you know, made made out of Kevlar cordage, right? And they'll use it for a counter custody class to cut themselves out of zip ties or other sorts of restraints. And then they'll come back with an experience of them being trapped in a concert venue and almost being trampled to death, and them using to cut through the zip ties that were holding the fence together. That's they were that, that wasn't that wasn't getting abducted that wasn't that but they did that then another story of somebody getting trapped in a car and using it to cut through a seatbelt yeah and it's a skill and it's an, an experience and it's a learn experience but you just store it and when it, you know the possibilities are endless when you start gathering all these small skills together you know as far as how to fix shit how to sort shit how to go through environments where you don't have what you would want and you can build it or make it you know yeah. and when you grow up with limited things you have to make those things work for yeah. other stuff that mexicans that are famous yeah. uh, mexicans are famous for that yeah fucking creative fucking thinking and just solving shit we aren't uh, like, if, if you get something you don't f the instruction manual fucking goes back <laughs> yeah. and just fucking Leo's, figure it out he was making it cooler <laughs> the, on his motorized uh, golf cart thing, <laughs> he's he's gonna attach a beer cooler because it didn't come with one. Yeah. yeah, you're not gonna go. You're not gonna shop around for one that has the cooler. No, on. You're he, gonna, gonna you're it. gonna make it. He's right? gonna attach Velcro to it. <laughs> well, it's gonna work. The, the, that's the main thing. You yeah. figure shit out, right, and solve it. Uh, I think it's healthy for us to every now and then get in the mindset of Amazon Prime doesn't exist. I don't have money. Let me make this shit work. Yeah, you, and you, you, you know, you got an idea just walking through the shop yesterday. Yeah, how the shit we we make it work. Yeah, you know, and and that's a mindset. Like I said, it comes back from from our, you know, our ancestors, whatever it is. But you know, you it, make it work. It's, yeah, like our photography equipment isn't the the best. It's getting it's like. It's improving, but there's stuff that we have to make. There work. was a Pringles can that he used for probably like three or four yeah, years. Yeah, he used a Pringles can like as a, a snoot yeah. for a while. Just because that's uh, and how much does a snoot cost? It's, it's only thirty bucks, but uh, ma making but shit, Pringle cans, making 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 shit work. You know, um, doing a class somewhere and it's there's a riots in it. Well, use that as a backdrop. Uh, going to a, a, an exposition class where a bunch of people that sell knives and stuff like that. Bring their knives, and you go across the street and grab a Pioneer Woman knife <laughs> and, for eight dollars, and making it run. You're running, why? But why run a kitchen knife? Because that is available everywhere, and I can get one anywhere I, I travel to. And is it the best tool? No. Can it work? It's good enough. You know, it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. Good enough, and I can make that run. Now, 
I've, I've, I've had the experience of having some high fucking trained ind- individuals that, you know, can jump out of planes from high altitudes and do all this stuff, which is great. They know shit that I will never in a million years know, and they're capable of shit that I can never do. But you put them on a street corner and tell them you have an hour to get $40 panhandling, and they're fucking completely destroyed and completely disarmed. And like, wow, wait, hold on, Ed. Like, how would you, how, how would you do it? Baby stroller. <laughs> <laughs> Go to a car, open it. Just, yeah. Put the car far away. Burn some white sage in a pan and just put it in there so it looks like it's smoking out of it. And have that as a prop. And then I go to the gas station and just wait for people. My car just fucked up. Uh, I have a kid. My wife went to the kid to the restaurant. And I just, I just need some cash to make this thing run. Can you do me a solid? And focus that panhandling on fathers that you can find in the environment. <laughs> I would give you, I'd give you money. And, and, every, and, 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 and all these fuckers are like, holy shit, Edward, what the fuck? How? Yeah. This is, dude, the, the dream is free. The hustle is sold separately, no. you know? And if you're not hustling, somebody else is. Absolutely. And no. if, you, if, you, if you can't identify it. They're please. hustling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the chump. You know? yep. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's fucking so true. Well, <laughs> I, I think a lot of times they, pr- they come to you too because you're like, you're, you specialize in low-tech solutions. Yeah. Like the, uh, like the computer chip thing. I bet you money they spent thousands and thousands of dollars trying to find some high-tech way to get that shit in and then you're like put it in a toenail yeah so it's it's a, yeah it's a, a, a fucking cell phone chip uh you know I, I saw the other pitches that they had you know and were they all high-tech it involved things that flew around you know True. which is great you know it's, it's cool uh again i i learned i learned a lot of the mindset and tradecraft from drug smugglers so, the, the, uh, it's the, it's not that they are better at it; it's that they don't have any constraints. So, I mean, the the the, the playing field is open. It's not like this is this is what you have, and you have to make it work with this. Or, what do you want us to buy you to make this work? You know, this it's a, it's a different mindset, and I'm not glorifying one over the other. It's just a different mindset. One one that blows my mind and I'm never gonna forget is where this car that they busted with drugs, they have to put the radio on ninety seven point six, turn the signal light, pop the fucking highlights, and then fucking uh, on your steering, you know, turn up the volume, and then your dashboard falls open. That's yeah. fucking genius. The the one that hides. I posted a few of them. The one yeah. with the magnet and yeah. the car charger. Uh, there's magnet ones. There's ones that are activated by there. There's ones that are activated by light. There's some hides that you can activate by a light. So if you if you grab a flashlight and you point it directly at it, there's a certain thing will make something release and a you know, gun hide will pop open. Uh, there's ones that are text activated. Uh, utilizing some of the smart technology now, like <laughs> this is there's, I mean, the amount of shit you see, and I'm still seeing. I'm not working anymore. I mean, down there, but most of my friends that are still working down there, and some of the students that I have had that work for some of the police agencies down there, keep sending me shit. That's what that's most of the stuff that shows up on my page comes from from that, right? So, so how how quickly is some of the stuff that is taught in like courses obsolete? Uh, I mean, what type of stuff? Like, for example. 
like the way they hide certain things. Like for example, the pallet thing, I mean, where they were uh, hiding uh, them in pallets. So, so I mean, it's 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 an it's a so. Or the thing you talked about, the zip ties. It's were, not necessarily it's standardized. It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's, so that's, this is the thing. The problem is that on um, the the people preparing to fight against it yeah. are standardized. Yeah. And the people that are doing it don't give a fuck about standards. They'll do something that is old school, new school, a mixture of both, or they'll come up with something completely different. So it's not that things are obsolete. I think the obsolete thinking is that they're all doing the same thing at the same time. Oh, okay. And that's what most of the people that I get to train or advise that are in law enforcement struggle with that. So they find one or two two ways and they're already and, yeah, like and they nine. issue a Bolo report and now all of them are looking for that, but they miss the jumper cable box yeah. with the magnet or they miss the fact that, you know, they stopped the car because it was a young dude and they're using old ladies to move around shit and they're in a big olla with the tamales and the, 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 <laughs> the load is underneath the whole all of the tamales, right? Or in a Maduro fucking thing and the, the fucking load is underneath that. And, and this is classic shit. And I told him, like, hey, somebody, Monday for Menudo at this time of night? Yeah. <laughs> and they was like, they're like, wait, what? No, that's like, oh, oh shit. Fucking bowler. Let's find these ladies, right? It's not snitching, you know, but, you know, it's yeah. that's what they did, you know, and where I'm from, that's what that's how they would move. It's a mindset thing. It's the unexpected. If you're not if you're not accustomed to working in the unexpected and the uncomfortable and in the unknown, then when you go out there, you're gonna be fucking death, dumb and blind. Yeah, it's like we went to the zoo like two weeks ago, and it was hot as sh- like it was really hot, and there was a guy wearing a really heavy coat, and I'm like, something doesn't look right. I mean, he, he didn't do anything, but like there was something off about that, yeah. and that came from just yeah. like the stuff we've heard, and that was weird. Yeah. Um, uh, see a man that is completely shaven, you know, smelling like jasmine, walking down an air, walking in the airport, with one glove on and one naked hand on, and the gloved hand is holding on to a luggage. What does that tell you? You know, I'm not, I'm not, I've never fought Islamic terrorists in my life, but I'll tell you that his body is prepared in an Islamic way to, for death, and he's probably wearing gloves and not get any static electricity to the device he's holding. But how would you know all this shit? Yeah. Well, <laughs> get some horrible browsing histories. Go talk <laughs> to weird fucking people. Uh, learn from other people that went through different conflicts than you did. You know, it's not all about, uh, you know, training for with somebody from Mexico. I always tell this to people. If if you if, if, if in a year all of your instructors that you train with have the same passport that you do, you're fucking up. There's some fucking giant hole in your mindset and training, right? So I try and make it a point to train with weird people. And my instructors are sometimes, it could be a guy in a range somewhere that went through some shit, or it could be a dude showing me modern hobo code and how to ride the rails here in the, here in the United States. But that guy's a fucking meth addict, but he knows shit that I don't. Yeah. And I just realized that I could be travel economically across most of this country if I wanted to. How, how many of the crazy people that they get on YouTube like, spouting weird stories and how many of those are actually legit stories that they don't believe because they look goofy or they yeah i don't know you know you, it's you, gotta you, be a, i mean it's quite the main a thing, bit of them yeah i mean the main thing is to go out there and fucking touch it smell it you know that's the main uh, people don't want to do that though it's risky and i get that it you is know, scary. It's fucking risky and scary uh but the, you know some of the most valuable learning experience that i've had in the past four three, four years have been of me going out there and risking shit, you know? 
and swallowing my pride, swallowing what I think I knew, and taking a knee and learning from a dude that knows something by heart because that's what he is. That's what he did. That's what he does. And, you know, I grew up in a place where you know, going into the uncomfortable was every day. So that's not that's not an unknown to me. So I like going to the place like that. Not, I mean, I, and I know that a lot of people don't. Uh, if people want to get prepared, if people want to expose their kids to some of this type of stuff, as people uh, type of, type of stuff that relates to personal responsibility, survival, uh, and just being a, a, a prepared individual, get them into community uh, outreach programs. Uh, get them into feeding the feeding. Uh, you know, at-risk people get them into you know, Peace Corps. Is the Peace Corps still around? You know? I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to ask them to travel. Uh, you know, um, if they want to go, uh, if they want, if they want to, you know, grow up and without knowing what it's like outside of the confines of the continental United States, then they're going to miss out on a lot. Uh, basically, just go outside. <laughs> That's the main thing I tell them: just go outside. Start a conversation with weird people. You never know. Yeah. Uh, take a risk. Go someplace where you don't know. Uh, go to a place where nobody speaks your language. Uh, figure shit out. Now, the world's the world's the world is unfriendly in some parts, but it's amazingly friendly in other parts. Yeah, like like for me, going to Germany was the first time I travel not to Mexico or not to the U.S., but yeah. going to Germany and and just fuck trying to get food. And you're yeah, like, yeah. motherfucker. Trying to get, trying to find eggs. Trying to find uh, eggs. They're not in the refrigerated section. In fucking trying to find no. fucking so you know. water. Like, the water? Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything's everything's carbonated. Yeah. Yeah, just regular water yeah, just to make weird. coffee. Just little weird shit like that. Yeah, well, we, I mean, you fucking we were trying to make coffee with fucking box of eggs and there's fucking feathers all around. But a way you want to think <laughs> about it is that was odd and, and an interesting, weird experience. Which but, you want to do again. But your you know? normal, your whatever line your normal was... You know, my normal is not going to a place where I, nobody speaks my language. But now you've been there, you struggled. Your your line of normal is now Shifted. over here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So a way to think about it in in your life is, where does my line of normal end, and do I want to keep it there? Trying to cross. Uh, people that come to a class with me, their line of normal. Have you ever been tied up with zip ties? Yes. Have you ever escaped from zip ties? Yes. Have you ever constructed all the tools you need to escape from zip ties and conventional restraints like handcuffs? Yes. Have you ever heard a weird donkey show in the middle of a fucking class? <laughs> yes. You know? Have you ever had to construct a weapon in less than five minutes that didn't cost you anything, smuggle it to a point of inspection, metal detectors, and then had the experience of stabbing through a pig torso with simulates an actual human body? Yes. Their line of normal in those two days just fucking went light years beyond what most of the populace is. That's how you want to think about it, you know? I love that. That's probably my favorite thing about you is, is that mindset. Yeah, software. I, I try to live it. Software over hardware. Not hardcore like you, but, you know, with, with just the stuff that we do. And software. That's yeah, and I'm glad he brings that up. Yeah. Remember how I told you I want to I wanna travel to places that, that I don't know? Like, I, I want to go see Brazil. I've been practicing, like, well, I've been trying to learn Portuguese just because I want to go to Brazil and then talk to the locals and get to places where you wouldn't see, like, say you go as a tourist. Yeah. You go to the normal places that it's safe, it's everyone sees, yeah. instead of going and actually seeing Brazil. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, you know, you know I, again, I, I travel, like, here, shit for me is still exotic here in the U.S. when I travel. Go to Tennessee, like, what do you want to see? I want to go to a revival church. I want to go to see... 
fucking dudes dancing with snakes. You know, I, I, and if it, you want to get there, like, are you Christian? No, I'm Catholic. Oh, so you're a Satanist, right? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, and, I'm, and, and most people would stop themselves right there, like, "Yeah, yep, I'm not I'm gonna, out. I'm out." But I was like, "Yeah, I'm probably, uh, yeah, I was probably brainwashed." Like, like okay, but but you, but I want to see if it. And then I went in, there, like I was invited in, I accepted, you know, the Holy Spirit and everything. And I wanted to see if the snakes were fucking legit, you know? Because I grew up around rattlesnakes. I ate rattlesnakes when I was a kid and shit like that. So I know what a like a venomous snake, I know what that is. And, uh, those are fucking real poisonous snakes those white boys are dancing around with. So, but, but how would I have gotten there if I didn't allow yeah. myself to just fucking dump my own shit, my own prejudices, my own, oh, you're saying Catholics are Satanists? Yeah, which I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not a representative religion. They might be right. I don't give a. I don't know, but I want to see. Mm-hmm. So I'll fucking allow myself to go see. You know, um, uh, some of the most rewarding travel experiences that I've had have been just me letting go of my own bullshit and just realizing that it's not my place. It's not my space, and I'm here to learn. That's the main thing, you know. Uh, we only get once, uh, one, one, one ride in this whole fucking life, and you know. Let's make it worth it. You know, the, the whole missing out. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Have you seen? Have you done? You know, that that I I, I don't want to get to the end of this and just say I never saw those dudes dance with weird snakes. <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> I've never seen that fucking donkey <laughs> show. Fuck. <laughs> I had another question that's like completely off subject. Okay, Anyway, no. I'm sorry. It's just I can't like let no, you go without me asking. You, it. Before you ask the question, why do you think we're done? I'm not done. I'm not done either. If you want to go home, go home. No, no. It's funny because I got a bunch of questions for my wife this time. I got I got like a bunch of questions for him, but I'm like sitting here like. I was watching like the Joe Rogan podcast and like all the things that you've been on, especially like the value tainment. We like that one. And like, I'm just here and like, he's right here, like actually talking to us about it. So like, I'm, that's why I'm like, <laughs> no, I like, like uh, I, I want to take advantage of do it. the situation that he's here. The, cause he might not come back. Hopefully he does, but you know. I'm all, I'm all about. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Have you seen of, the places he travels? I'm, I'm thinking of moving out here. Like, chill right? as shit. Yeah, yeah, chill. Yeah. I mean, we'll help, we'll help you out. I, I, I've, I've been trying to figure out why I'm constantly trying to catch on fire while I walk around here. I've I've been approached three times uh, uh, to hear the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, and then letting go of my spirit, <laughs> which is welcome. Which I mean, welcome it's okay. Yeah. It's so, but but it's okay. You know, it's yeah. fine. There's like five Uber drivers in the whole, you know, town. It's great. You yeah. walk you walked around the river, I'm assuming. I walked around the river. Walked past the temple. Fucking ducks there, people fishing. Like, what the fuck is Have you this? Ever is that quick really augmented reality? <laughs> <laughs> you should you should try becoming an Uber driver. There's a lot of experience you could gain from yeah. a few days. Yeah. That, you know, if you wanna fucking if you wanna be the ultimate combatant here in the US, go to work at a waffle house. Oh shit! Yeah, the waffle the Waffle House is where you want to work if you want a real combat experience. Mm-hmm. You know, forget the law enforcement shit like that. Just go to work work at a Waffle House in Atlanta at night. You know, a few people out there will know that story. You know, I've, every now and then I go. If there's a Waffle House, I have to go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> some of the best shit in the world happens at Waffle House past night three in the morning. 
Oh, I hear a story now. <laughs> We've been to Waffle Houses, but not at that time. Yeah, uh, just it's uh, like six thirty. Six thirty. The first Waffle House I went to was after Blade Show in Atlanta at three in the morning with a guy, uh, Micah, Micah McQueen. He's on Instagram. He's a world traveler, and he, he does a lot of classes on uh, traveler safety. And chill. he's a gypsy. He's a motherfucker. He's a gypsy. Um, but he uh, he's like, hey, dude, you want to go hang out? So we hung out for a while, and then it turned into 3 in the morning, and we ended up at 3 in the morning at a Waffle House in Atlanta, listening to weird music, uh, experiencing fights around us, and just, you know, figuring out the, uh, the you know, the secrets of the universe there. <laughs> I bet that's true. Don't they we should have went to. Don't they use waffle houses to gauge how strong a hurricane is going to yeah, be? Yeah, oh, disaster area. Disaster areas. If there's a waffle house open, it means you know, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> legit. Yeah, yeah, legit. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's fucking insane. And like, and even when you want employment there, like, can't you fight? Is that on the list of you know prerequisites? Probably. And seriously, some there. of those people are fucking geniuses. When they're fucking yelling out the order and they're like, okay. How do they keep that shit straight? I've never seen them make a mistake. No. We've been to several Waffle Houses. I think think Waffle House is like a weird, like, pocket dimension of just weird super people. And people people are cool as fuck. It is. I mean, like, the lady that served us, she's cool. You have to be there, or else you'll fucking die. (laughs) 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 Yes. Convenience store people that work, like, at the night shifts in really dangerous areas. I mean, ta- I mean uh, Uber drivers, taxi drivers back back in the day when I when I was in charge uh, and when I when I got in a command position uh, and I got you know say into recruitment as far as people coming in to work with us, uh, you know we get people from the military, get people from the police, we get people from others, but the taxi drivers, I've never <laughs> went wrong when I got like, what did you do before this? I was a taxi driver, fucking hired. <laughs> Why? Uh, they they've been the, the, these fuckers have been in fights probably. Yeah. You know, they fucking bribe people, so the social engineering they is already on point. They, you know, they know yeah. the roads. They know how to get places. They know how to fix the fucking car with duct tape and wire. Uh, they know how to get eye on eye on the road and on behind them because they're fucking watching the weirdo behind them. So the, these fuckers know. So when we would bring people on like that, they were like, you're already, you're already graduated, but fuck, you're already trained. <laughs> uh, it's funny how some of these weird, you know, uh, just jobs give you some skill sets that you don't know are important until later on. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's why I say that there's certain things you learn that that are valuable in other areas just yeah. because there's there's a little similarity that'll, that'll help you out. Can I ask my question now? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Dude, I, I, told, I, I told you to ask it. No, like, what are you, because on that first Joe Rogan thing, you were talking about how some of the cartels are starting to diversify their portfolios using crypto. What are your thoughts about El Salvador making it its currency? I don't know. I mean, I mean, you you you're seeing it being consistently attacked by, you know, China that just you know, kicked them out. You know, yeah. And it took a pretty big dive. And how some people are in it for the long run. I personally don't trust it myself. But you just wrote the little wave up, and I think it's it's sold. a it's a wave. You know, it's a wave. Uh, but again, I'm going to cut this part out so it doesn't crash anymore. No, it's fine. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't afford it to go down any, any further. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to go sell it. You want, you want, you want, uh, uh, personally, uh, you know, uh, foreign currencies, that's what I go for, and property myself. You know, so, 
you know, if somebody would have have, um, I'm just going to put this one out there. If somebody would have have invested some a certain amount of money during a certain amount uh, during a certain time around Brexit, uh, around Brexit, mm-hmm. uh, uh, invested in the sterling pound, they would be sitting on some money right now. You know, my friends went into crypto and I went into foreign currencies. That's all I'm going to say. Right? Yeah. You can do both, by the way. So uh, but just all, be, all of you out there. Yeah, but just you know, do your homework, <laughs> figure fine. it out. Uh, uh, be, watch the news, analyze shit, analyze shit from all angles. And you know, yeah, it's just because you, you go back to that whole thing where you analyze stuff and you hear the, the news about why crypto's this, it's bad this way. And, but you see what the people with money are doing. Yeah, and also not just people and, with money. But people that have to keep their shit liquid or have to turn it, yeah. be able to turn it liquid really fast. And we talk about long term investments and shit like that. I mean, if people are investing in crypto with some sort of doomsday prepper mindset, you know. No, you can't do that. <laughs> but that's not it. But when you see short term, like, you know, when you see some companies using their, using, instead of having cash, they're putting it into that because yeah. cash is, you know, no, the, 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 the dollar is. Not what it used to be, yeah. and the world is catching on to that, and people are moving away from it, but not completely. No, and like for example, with my stuff, I try to just just a little portion, yeah, you know, enough to where yeah. if it does well, you you do well, but yeah. not enough to where it's gonna, you're going to be broke. Uh, metals, um, land, uh, and you know, if you want to get risky, foreign currencies. And if you're good at it, if you know what you're looking at, and if you have the eye and or just keep on track of the news in certain places where trends are going, yeah. uh, you can get you know you can get yeah. pretty good at it. You know, yeah. I'm not rich, but uh, I, I did pretty well, and I didn't go for crypto. I went for foreign you went currency. For foreign currency. Yeah, and see the th- the thing with uh, with I seen the the banks how how much they they hate it and they hate it, and all of a sudden they're. They're starting to well, maybe we'll put it on our balance sheets as well. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, you see the news and they're attacking it. Yeah. But what they're actually doing is yeah. is starting to get into it. So that's that's one of those things yeah. where you like, uh, the logic says you know, yeah, at least have a little bit. Sure. <clears throat> you're, I mean, yeah, sure. At least have a little bit. Again, I like I like being able to access my shit and run with it if I can. And maybe that's just my mindset and more than my paranoid delusions or for for where I'm from. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, even the cartels uh, are now not getting into crypto. They just fucking put all their money into the Chinese banking and, uh, and uh, banking industry. That's their, that's their thing. That's how you make money disappear, and that's how you keep your money. Yeah, because, yeah. That's- Chinese banking apps. That's how you do it. They went away from crypto and went into Chinese banking and went into metals. Really? That's interesting. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I never. Do you have any follow-ups to that question? <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm I'm lost. So <laughs> really? I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm not lost. No, you're not lost. A little bit. It's, it's just that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on then. No, no, I'm serious. No, I I, I think I'm good because I don't want him to keep crashing the fucking market. No, no, anymore. it's fine. <laughs> just just cut this part out. He won't. Yeah, no. <laughs> he didn't. He says he loves crypto, and uh, he just, just like cut yeah, it. Yeah, invest, yeah, invest, invest, <laughs> invest in cryptos. There we go. <laughs> cryptos. There you go. Buy, the buy, buy a, like an actual Bitcoin. I wish, uh, the thing is, <laughs> I think, I wish and I, think and think it's like a like this. Yeah, oh, like, like a physical one. one. Yeah. Have <laughs> you seen the ones on Amazon? That yeah. Are like five bucks. Yeah. It was yeah. like, no, I have one. Look, I invested. Like this is no. Dude. This is one of those things where like I wish I knew like so much more so I could be like. 
you know, like defend, like defend it. But I know enough to yeah. to see the kind of where it's going at at the moment, but not enough to be like a hundred percent behind it. You know, I get to talk to a lot of people that have a lot of money, you know, and they try and hire me to keep their money, you know, safe and their investments, you like that. And all these guys are fucking speculating in foreign currencies. All these guys are speculating in fucking property, and they're buying land, and they're buying fucking multi, uh, multi living arrangement housing, and they're taking advantage of, of bad situations in bad places where people are getting out, and they're going in before it gets good. You know, yeah. they're going into neighborhoods that are being you know the start of gentrification. They're, they can smell that before it gets there. That's where they put their money, and they put their money into the future. Uh, that's the thing that a lot of people struggle. They want their money now, their investment to be out now, and these fuckers are playing the long oh, game. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> and if he, if, I don't know, just uh, my, that just I I just go from what I yeah, see. Yeah, and, and then forex is the the biggest. Like it's not even comparable to even stocks. Yeah, it's like trillions of dollars per day or yeah. something like that. It's insane. I, mean, I don't know. It's a it's a, it's a weird fucking thing. You know? yeah. I don't know. I don't know a lot about it, but I just go from what I see. Yeah. Which which metals? Uh, I mean, gold is always a, a, a interesting kind of metal to kind of concentrate on. Uh, but I've heard palladium uh, as, as another one that's being kind of utilized. And platinum was was platinum. What, like really good a few years back. Uh, platinum, silver, uh, and and also just uh, uh, realizing what the current trends are as far as mining and yeah, what, gold the, what, and what silver. materials that people are, are looking for. There's, I mean, gold and silver long too. Again, it's like just a place to sit with your stuff, yeah. you know. They're safe. They're safer because they're safe. And silver, but that, they're that man, he's sorry. Like, sorry, that was Craig. That actually. was my fault. Sorry, fucking Craig. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's a weird place to work, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty at home here, so it's pretty familiar. Yeah. So oh, you were saying about no, silver? I fucking forgot. No, oh, just no, silver, silver actually <laughs> shot up big time. Yeah. yeah. So. I, what was it like two, three years ago when when gold was at a good level to buy? Fuck, silver was fucking free almost. Yeah, you know, it's just like for example, you look back at the last ten years, um, like stocks they've like thirty percent per year return, and Bitcoin, not crypto in general, just Bitcoin is like two hundred percent return yeah. per year, and then gold is two percent. Yeah, so it's like that's where yeah. I look. I'm like, but but, but how, it's safe. But how long can it sustain? You know. And what uh, global repercussions is going to have that China doesn't want it anymore. So there's always going to be a domino effect. People are going to follow suit yeah. eventually. And if China doesn't want it in there, it means that their friends don't want it in there. And the way things are looking globally, China has more friends than the U.S. Right now, yeah. <laughs> so, or and if, even, if, even if they aren't overtly friends, you know, they may be uh, yeah. under... Oh, John Cena went online oh and apologized uh, to the Chinese government yeah, the for, say, as well, for saying yeah. that for saying Taiwan was a country. Yeah, so Did maybe he, maybe you guys are on the he went on, a, on the verge yeah. to ban crypto here too. He apologized Ooh. in Mandarin. But <laughs> what if what if what if they say we won't work with any companies that uh, support crypto? Yeah. Well, ideally, it's supposed <laughs> to be like unbannable. Yeah, because like, well, you're supposed yeah. it's supposed to be like for example, if you want to keep it safe, you take it off of the any any uh market you put it into a cold storage sure. and it's yours yeah. like you can travel anywhere with like but what millions if, what, of dollars but what if they <clears throat> what if they what if the current you know international trends make it to everybody follow suit and that's not allowed we don't want that 
And where's oh yeah, a little tank. Yeah, and it's it already tanked a bit. A little, a little. You know, <laughs> only like 50, 60 percent. But and <laughs> and what 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 what's next? You know, yeah. is this a sign of something that is going to get worse in the future by the global leader in 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 uh, industry and manufacturing that is not the U.S. Yeah. You know, are we gonna are we gonna take that as a dead canary or are we gonna say ah, we'll figure it out? It's fine. If I can. Yeah, no, it's, it's gonna it's gonna endure long term. Definitely, don't go all in on yeah. any one thing. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it doesn't no, look long term. It doesn't your, look good. Uh, your crypto. Oh no, no, I'm <laughs> uh, speaking of crypto, <laughs> yeah. um, I'll probably, I'm out. I'll probably keep buying. No, but, no, yeah, buy, but, uh, yeah, buy, buy now. <laughs> See, no, I'll probably keep buying, but, We're but, but doing, like you said, the research. But, yeah, do your research. And try, that's why I ask you, do, like, how do, do you do your research? Uh, uh, risk, risk small, you know, risk small. Do your research. Yeah. Uh, get some of it in safe in a safe place, you know, something that's stable, something safe, and just. Risk yeah, that's small. what I always tell, like, for example, like, make sure your your risk tolerance is like set, so that yeah. I mean, if it starts getting to a point where uh, you start I, losing money, then I heard the richest man in the world for a good while was a Mexican. Carlos Slim. Yeah. And I worked on, I, I managed the security for the governor of Baja, who was also the head of, uh, the, head of the National Security uh, Council in Mexico. And he was the best friend of Felipe Calderon. He was like a, this high-level dude. Mm. And I got to meet him. And I got to meet the richest man in the world. Took him to get tacos, right? Um, when we were working with the governor, right? But I got to meet him. And I got to hear him speak. Mm. And, you know... Uh, he, he, I mean, the guy, you know, the guy is rich as beyond fucking yeah. imagination. Uh, he said the hardest thing is to get to, is to get the first $100,000. After that, it's just, it's just about playing chess, you know? The hardest part is the first 100000 Yeah, I've heard that too. And <clears throat> once you get past that, you know, figure shit out. Now, and when the, 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 the first 100000 is to, give you a stable platform and to give you enough to risk. Yeah. You know? And and again, you don't risk by seeing what other people are doing. You risk by seeing what other people are doing and then checking it, verifying it yourself, doing your own research and figuring shit out and asking people to know. Exactly. And if I wanted to know about risk as far as a currency somewhere, I'm not going to ask the guys that are speculating in it. Yeah. I'm going to ask the people that are being affected by people pulling their money from the euro because of how fucking Europe's going right now. I'm going to talk about people talking about the after effects of Brexit, when, if and when it hit, and it did. Yeah. And the speculation around because it is, they, 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 it was extra. Because right? usually when it hits the news, it's already too late. Like, yeah. Because like, yeah. the, the big players also, have already what, moved around. Also, what, what news are you listening to? You know? I yeah, yeah. They're all. Are you are you a Reuters guy? Are you uh you know BBC World? Are you Fox News guy? Where you know are you, are you really CNN fake news? news or are you Fox? Where ISIS terrorist training camps on the border? Like who, like who are you listening? To? What news are you listening? To? That's another thing. Yeah. And we live in a day and age where you can see a news event live on Instagram. Yeah. Or or you you see something that happened. On TikTok, and that hasn't even made uh, uh, the you know a bowl that hasn't even made uh, 
news at locally or nationally. And you're seeing it on fucking TikTok, and you're way in advance. And that 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 happens with violent activity, but it also happens at a very subtle uh, uh, level with just seeing the way things are trending. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, I learned about lithium mining in uh, in Sonora after the Mormon massacre. And how there's 70% of all mineable lithium on the planet is underneath the ground where those people were massacred. And then I realized why there's a big, giant influx of cartel forces in that area. It's because they're trying to gain control over what is going to be constructed around it. And that's why you realize that there's a bunch of Chinese companies buying Canadian companies to then buy into that covertly. And that's why the U.S. is now... You know, and you learn all this shit, and it's like, just, I mean, pay attention, you know? Look between, try and read between the lines, and don't let anybody, you know, don't look at the po- finger pointing at the sky. Fucking look at the sky. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's what. That's why I like I like looking at the <clears throat> charts more than anything, because they'll, they'll tell you exactly what's going on way before. Because you'll see, like, a giant dip, and then, like, an hour later, you'll hear the news that something happened. So they make the news to, you know, yeah, to cover like the event that already happened. Yeah, so like it's it's all happened already. Uh, if you if you don't if you don't learn about history, you're fucking condemned to repeat it. You know? Yeah, and we're very predictable as far as a society. Uh, the shit that's happening now, you know, you know, this has happened before several times. It's just the weird the, the technology and shit like that is over it. But like, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're seeing right now is that's. Just, a global superpower diminishing and another one taking its place. Yeah, there's a... That's happened before. <laughs> there's a saying that says, history doesn't repeat, but it sure rhymes. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, mean, uh, seeing a global <coughs> superpower try and take control over something. Uh, seeing the global superpower that's diminishing being being in a denial phase, which I think the U.S. is in the denial phase as far as its diminishing uh, uh, po- uh, global power, right? Uh, seeing... Uh, Seeing some of these trends as far as how it's going to affect people investing or what people are going to put their money into or how you're going to sustain long long term in some of these investments. I mean, again, learn from history. Some of this shit is predictable as fuck. Yeah. You know, you just have to see the trends, including things, uh, current uh, uh, innovative currencies like paper currencies or um, uh, banknotes that weren't backed by gold. You know, so the crypto cryptocurrency has already occurred in certain ways out there in the world and you know historically they've not done pretty they've not done well for yeah. the people that are buy into them long term yeah and you know, I don't know, you know? I, guess we'll, I guess we'll see how this podcast <laughs> but, go, but go buy some uh, go buy some Bitcoin yeah, go, no, buy, go some buy Bitcoin uh, buy, <laughs> stock, buy stock in uh, <laughs> Pioneer Woman <laughs> yeah that's, tell us the story behind that yeah yeah because uh, I mean we all Pioneer Woman yeah. I don't know I mean I don't know the story behind no, Pioneer Woman about why <laughs> why you made it so why popular, you made it so popular. Uh, I uh, they, uh, there was a class going on in uh, New York State uh, there was a bunch of high quality knives there and a lot of them were broken. Uh, there's a certain test I do on the pig when I do this organic medium testing. Dead pig, by the way. We basically do a cadaver lab type setting, but with an animal. So we can test some of the things out. And also, the people get the experience of actually working on something like that. Anyways, a uh, bunch of broken tips. And I was like, Ed, like, what would you carry? And I was like, oh, can we hold on? So went out, went to a Walmart. 
went to the Wal- and usually I pick up an 80 cent Walmart special, right? It's a 80 cent black handled uh, kitchen knife, AK-47 of the knife world. That thing has dropped more bodies in the world than any, any other knife in the world, right? But I was about to grab it, you know, and next to it was a pioneer woman knife. Kind of like this one, but it had roses on the handle. Yeah. And, I, and the Mexican side of me was like, oh, you know, it's ornate, white-handled roses and shit like that. So it was $7. So I just grabbed that and basically did the whole class with it. And everybody was like, what type of knife is that? Where can I buy one? And shit like that. I, I just posted a picture online of it, and just it just went bonkers. People started eBay prices on them shot up to like sixty bucks for. <laughs> yeah, I think when uh, when I think Craig the one that told me the story, and I just looked it up, fucking eBay, fucking eighty five bucks, <laughs> like sold out everywhere. Me? Like, <laughs> I mean, so I don't. I, I should have invested. I should have fucking taken my own advice and invested in that company. But you know, there you go. Uh, and, now, and now look. Double. Yeah, that's a spicy pioneer woman <laughs> yeah, knife he, with a top swedge. He uh, made the the tip a little bit more. Uh, what's it called? Del- uh, Tactical? Easier, no, easier to break. <laughs> oh, he yeah. kind of ruined the. Nah, the, nah, the it's a dagger tip. It's you more, don't think it'll break? Uh, we'll see. We're gonna this is, find this, out. This, this, is, this is the amazing thing about these classes. You don't need to ask me shit. We'll figure Just it out. It. We're we'll gonna it have. Out. Yeah, uh, there you go. We're gonna have a carcass here, and you can see if. You know, I, don't take my word for it. You know, have you ever gotten someone who, you know, how the, we have these people who make their knives and stuff? Then they're like, "Oh, yes. I made this knife," yes. yes, and then they take it and it breaks. Yes, and they say there's something wrong with uh, the class. They, yeah, well, not that there's something wrong with the class, but they, may, they might have been something wrong with the steel, or mm-hmm. there might have been something wrong with the grinding or the heating process or heat treat or stuff like that. I, I don't, I don't like burning people. I know people put their heart and soul into making stuff in the business. I don't like burning people like that. I don't. I don't. I usually don't do knife reviews, but I've seen everything perform, mm-hmm. right? So, um, if you make something that's a weapon, and the tip breaks off uh, off the we- of the said knife weapon on the first stab on the animal, then there's something wrong with your weapon, right? Absolutely. Uh, but if you make a tool <clears throat> that you then use on the animal, it fucking sustains and survives. I mean, that's amazing. So right? people, so people listen to this podcast. If you see our fucking knife just bulk up for some reason, you know why? <laughs> yeah. From this class, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> fucking real thick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, I've I've seen a lot of your knives come through the classes, and I'm, I'm not, no tips breaking. Uh, uh, no tips breaking. He, I've not seen. Well, if that. they break, people, the the guy heat treating is going to be at the class. So. <laughs> yeah, Benny, yeah, he's, Benny's he's going to be there. Shit. No, uh, so. <laughs> For people, people that are curious about the testing I do, I don't video any of it. I don't yeah. put it online. I'm not a YouTuber. I fucking hate YouTube. Fuck YouTube. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't this video. This isn't going on YouTube. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, just, I just refuse to start a YouTube channel. I just refuse to start a YouTube channel. I hate that format. I hate the censorship. Yeah, the uh, other way. I just, I'm not into that. So I'm actually... Currently working on a, 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 I have a website. I'm gonna just, if people want to see some knife reviews or just see things fucking perform, they can go on that site and kind of because I've had my shit blocked That's and badass. banned. That'll be badass. right. But uh, part of the testing we and all also uh, this this testing we do came from 
pig lab or live tissue lab, medical live tissue lab. That's where it comes from. It doesn't come from me training with knife karate instructors in Japan or 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 watching Bill the Butcher do his shit. I remember watching that movie and said, dude, fucking Bill, turn the animal fucking right side up. That's how you would test the torso side of it. You won't fucking hang a pig with the head down to test it to the youth. No. You know? Anyways. Um we test uh we test uh the strength of the hand and grip and we test the knife itself or the improvised object itself by stabbing it through the torso in the uh, in the rib cage area that's one one test we do then we stab and twist to see if it snags then we have a processing cut on the back where we stab and hold it and just rip the whole thing out see if it snags or breaks then we have stab testing on the joints the, the the upper joints in the animal and the top of the head to simulate stabbing into a dense part of the body. And usually that's where things break, right? There's nothing wrong if they break there. I, mean, I don't usually tell, I mean, a knife without a tip is still a knife. You know, you still, it's still viable as a weapon. It's just something that, you know, indicates a weakness in that. If that's a weapon-specific thing and the tip comes off, mm. it means you have to go back on the drawing process as far as what a weapon is then, Right? Uh, because most of what kills is the point. The point of the object is what kills the most. You know, the edge adds into the fucking the variety, but most places, the tip is going to kill you. So, and also having the experience of actually holding and stabbing something. Like that. And again, I'm not, I, I don't I don't do knife reviews, I don't do knife reviews, but I do just give people the experience. You'll hear people say this, high level people. You have to ha- grab the knife and orientate it sideways so it goes through the rib cage. That's the only way you can get through. Those people have never stabbed an animal before or a, a person or have never worked meat. Uh, you can stab this like that sideways onto the rib cage and you'll stab through the rib cage on, an, on a pig, which is denser than a human. Imagine what a human would be yeah. like, right? So there are certain things that people assume or think that are going to happen that don't. And what better to experience that in a training setting just like you would grab, buy a gun and go to a range and run it, if you buy a knife with the intent purposes of you know using it as a as a weapon, or if you want to know what objects are there that are tool based that you can potentially use as a weapon, I'll give you that experience, and I won't tell you what to experience. I mean, I'll give you the experience. I'll step back. You know? I, I, that that's what I do. So, how did you get like? I mean, that story you told about your mom where, where she poked that dude in the chest and fucking, like, backed the fuck up, dude. Is that what got you into knives? Were you into knives before that? I mean, I learned from my mom early on to always carry a knife as a tool for everything, you know? It's a pocket knife or just a, just a knife. So I always carried a knife as a tool, you know? That's culturally, that's... And then when I started skateboarding and being a punk rock kid and just fucking messing around and shit like that, that tool became into, oh, you can also use it as a weapon if somebody tries to fuck with you, right? Uh, so that kind of shifted my mindset. Uh, then later on, I went into you know, the line of work that I did, and everybody was carrying around all these weird-ass fucking goofy knives. There was a dude that carried around a katana, you know, just a short katana, and his fucking plate carrier. <laughs> Uh, there was another dude that carried around like a, like a dragon handled fucking knife with ruby eyes and shit like that. So everybody was carrying around knives, but nobody knew what the fuck to do with them. 
uh, and I carried around a victory Knox paring a victory Knox paring knife, like a bird's beak knife. I made the sheath out of cardboard and grip tape, <laughs> and dental floss, uh, dental floss to tether it to my belt loop and stuff it down my pants. I could take my plate carrier off. I could take my leg holster off. I could take my backpack off. I could take my T-shirt off. I could take my everything off uh, except my pants or my underwear, and I still have that knife because the knife is an essential item. And I've had people that I work with that lost their plate carriers and lost their knives and all mm -hmm. that shit. So for me, it was just an essential item, like a, a, a keys, wallet, knife, you know, lighter. You know, that was the essential items. Um, and then going into that high-risk situation and not having other things and seeing the value of a knife as a weapon and as a tool, you know. Then just saying, hey, nobody knows how to use knives here proficiently as a weapon, so probably a good idea to find some training or get people to come and train our guys. I went around the block as far as training, trained with everybody that is anybody out there as far as knives and edge weapons and shit like that, only to realize that I knew most of what I needed to know about knives as weapons from experiencing it and seeing it in real life and growing up on a pig farm and going through medical training, life tissue, you know, trauma medical training. Realistically, that's most of what you need. Uh, the whole in five years and if you buy this eight DVD set and if you go through this training program, you will be proficient at killing somebody is complete bullshit. Most of the people sitting in, in a prison cell right now because they killed somebody didn't go to knife karate school. And probably most of them are using a pioneer woman knife or something <laughs> of that nature. <laughs> so I just, it, just, it was just a weird realization that this is, I mean, it doesn't take a lot. And uh, you guys are going to go through the training tomorrow and, and, and on Sunday, and you'll see a bunch of videos of people getting killed with a single stab. And when you see that stab, and I'm going to, I usually show, that's what I show. I show how that works, how to accelerate the effects of it. And, and people are like, Dad, that's fucking horrible. Why would you show that? That's why, well, when you go to a range, you, you, you go center mass when you shoot, right? Yeah. Well, center mass a fucker. You know, stab him a few times right here and punch him in the wound a few times to accelerate the bleed time, and that fucker's going to drop. Or are we talk? Or do you want me to show you something fancy that's going to take you like five years to learn or to flow with, or you look cool on Instagram? Like, what are you here for, right? So, that's usually a question that I get. And if you haven't been through the training, you won't know what it is specifically until you know. People think it's like a whole fucking cabal of weird skills as far as knives, and you kind of come out here and fucking throw knives and fucking do nunchuck knives and shit like that. <laughs> uh, most people just come out and like, holy shit. These are dangerous. Probably don't get near those. I want one. Yeah. And if I have to use one, I know what to do with it. And if I have to use one and carry one in places where I'm not allowed to, I know how to do it anyway. And if I can have this, I can make something like it that it will function almost the same. That's a mindset. Yeah, it's going to be a badass class. <laughs> just drop the mic. I think it, yeah. Pioneer woman. Pioneer woman. I think, uh, I think it I think it was you that posted just one of the most simple videos, two guys arguing in like a, a yeah, I don't was, know if it was a bus station or an airport or something, two guys arguing, and you can see the one guy not realizing how pissed off the other guy was, yeah, the, the one and then he just grabs a screwdriver. Yeah, electric, uh, like, yeah it's, uh, it's from the Ukraine. Uh, 
actually show that in the presentation. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. So oh, sorry. Uh, it's fine. Spoiler. It's fine. No, it's fine. He spoiled it. I don't want to go. It's an ele electric <laughs> screwdriver about that long and the handle. It goes twice inside of the chest cavity. Yep. Now, to people seeing it, they'll see this. And the guy's like, uh, it almost immediately just drops just unconscious. Just falls forward right and on his like, face. What? But how? He's just punching him there or something. It's a, it looks like it's being punched. But what you're actually seeing is a mixture of chest decompression massages basically going on. It's a cardiac massage. The individual stabbing him is experienced, and he's not stabbing him with the point. He's ramming his fist and stabbing through him. That is called an accelerator. If you want a stab to be affected, if you want a stab like that to have an effect, you will stab through the individual. You won't stab the individual. And he knows this. He's a murderer. The back of the seat and his position with his back to the seat aids in the effect of the stab. So it's basically chest compressions every time he's getting stabbed, which accelerates the effect. He's also getting stabbed up high on the heart and in the middle of the heart, which are very important parts of the heart that keep it, that keep it functioning. Once that object is, it's a thin, long pointed object that doesn't snag. So it's just going. <laughs> Once those holes are made, the effects are cascading. Now you can have that stab happen in the middle of an emergency room. And you're still dead. And you're still dead. And it's a screwdriver. Fuck. Um, one thing that people, uh, one thing, if you notice that video, as soon as the individual gets, gets stabbed, has his shoulders past his knees, the effects are almost, it accelerates there. That's why in certain criminal cultures that related to knives, they'll grab the back of your head and push you forward as they stab in because it changes the internal pressure. So if you do this, you can feel the change of pressure in your chest. Now put a hole in there. It just made things worse. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And finally, at the end of the stabbing, Instead of grabbing the, nut, the, the stabbing implement and putting it back in his bag or stuffing it, he dumps it into the victim's bag. Now, he's expressing everything that denotes experience, skill, and know-how as far as what he's doing. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a filter I go through. Um, when it comes to tools that you might have with you in places where you're not allowed to. Is it accessible? Can you get to it? And this goes like the whole gamut. You know, is, can you get to it? Uh, or can you, get, can you have this knife here? You know, can you get to this knife? Is it in my bag? Is it at the store? I have to go buy it? Or, or am I not allowed to have this? So can't, can you get to is it? Or do I have it on my person, but I have it behind me, like stuff in my bag, because I want to you know, be like a tracker. But then I get on my, my, my ass on the ground, and I can't get to it. Or I have it underneath my shirt and I have to put my hands and just basically get bound up when I try and get a knife. So can you get to it when you need it? That means both hands. That means under duress. That passes that. Whatever you choose, oh, okay. can you get to it? Um, permanence. Is it going to be on you when you need it? Can you get into a full grappling session with it on and not lose it? You know, think about that, right? Or are you going to have to go through multiple points of inspection where you know you might that might get found and it's going to be more trouble than it's worth carrying? That might shift what you select, you know. 
access, permanence, permanence, concealability? Is it hidden? Is it truly hidden? Ah, yeah, I'm going to stuff it down my pants, you know? You want to you wanna know why I use dental floss to tether it, to tether my old sheet to my pants? Dental floss has enough tension to, to keep the sheath when I pull it out, but enough weakness to rip the whole thing off in case I have to dump the knife. Because that's, that was sometimes a thing you had to do. Yeah, you can't use paracord because that fucking your pants are coming off with it. So that's so detachment. If you if you're actually going to carry a weapon in a place that is non-permissive, and I am the non-permissive guy apparently, so if you're going to carry a weapon in a non-permissive environment, be that you go to a country where you're not too safe there, but you want to experience life and you want to get the best out of it, and you don't want people to tell you you can't go somewhere because it's dangerous, and you are a true fucking American, and you have the balls and land of the free, home of the brave, and fucking bald eagles flying above you and shit like that. Uh, and usually those people are the first ones to tell you, I just won't go to Mexico. You know? Which <laughs> <laughs> is beautiful. You go to their page, all these fucking guns and shit like that, and fucking eagle, oh, I just took a shithole country, just going to, going to Mexico. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and you're there, and you're not allowed to carry some shit. You want to have something you can ditch, you know? And who do you learn that shit from? You're not going to learn from a Navy SEAL. You're not going to learn that shit from a, you know, a Green Beret or a, a, a Sifu or a guy that went through multiple layers of Filipino training, you know? They might know some of it, but realistically, that shit, that's what rad shit, you know? go to the hood, you learn that shit. You go to the people that actually experience it on a daily basis and what you see when you see how they do their shit or how we do our shit, it's simple. And it's simple for the simple fact that do you think we had enough time to go to year, weekly knife training drills? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with no. <laughs> do you think we had enough... Uh, you know, time to, ah, we're going to shop around for the best combat knife out there. Nope. <laughs> it was like, uh, process a pig for carnitas, and it's still good. Yeah. Fucking pioneer woman knife, it's processed carnitas, still good, huh? Just wipe it off, you know? Yeah, still, still good. Guess I'll fucking carry this, I guess, you know? This... Wrap it on your T-shirt. When you need it, there it goes. <laughs> she, oh shit! <laughs> and, if, and if and if you Yay! and if and if you and if you thought that was ninja, my mom showed me how to do that shit. So it's not that ninja. Um, but that the again mindset. You know, not being allowed to, not being able to, two completely different things. Most criminals have t- have taken that red pill long ago. You know, freedom loving Americans, you know, need to realize that that red pill is just, you know, applies to us as well. You know, I can take that red pill too. Not being allowed to, not being able to, two completely different things. It's not about glorifying or emulating criminal activity and behavior. It's about recognizing and reflecting it. You know, reflections are usually, you know, your left is your right in a reflection. That's, you know, when you see something you're afraid of, fucking reflect it. Your left is your right. You know, learn about it so you can recognize it in others. Or else you're just fucking blind. Damn. Pioneer Woman knives. Like left is all speechless. Walmart, Walmart, Pioneer Woman knives. I I had a question. uh, Because 
If she invites you for cookies, will you will you go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'm out. Yeah, so I'm all about invite him for cookies. Open invitation, binary woman. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll show you my carnitas recipe. I know how to make carnitas. I'll fucking go up there and just. <laughs> That'd be fucking badass. You know, I'm all about it. All John know? can think about is carnitas. Yeah, it goes like that's a little tight. It's fine. It's fine. So my, my question was like, you know how everyone has that flight or f- flight or fight or flight? Yeah, mine's fight or flight. Well, you um, got it right for me. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is that something that that can be taught to somebody? Like to because somebody's reaction, like something happens. Yeah, there's 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 somebody very famous that says fight or flight. I don't agree with that person. Mm-hmm. I think there's four types of people: fight, flight, freeze, and faint. Shit. Those are the four types of people, Three right? Of those, and it doesn't matter what skill set you have, what experience level you have. You can be fucking Delta Force SWAT team operator six SAS guy. That's your mom operator, and you can get from fight to freeze and faint really quickly. And it's usually because of trauma, experience, or your body just gives out. So, as far as what people, what types, what type are you? I mean, that's usually experience-based. You know? I'm flat and faint because I can't <laughs> run very fast. And I'll probably get tired real quick. And um, Do you have anybody you care about? Yes. Do you think you're going to faint if that person is in, in jeopardy? Honestly? Yeah. Oh, probably not. Uh, most of your being is going to come active. Yeah. Now, you might have some sort of pre-existing condition where you might have to freeze a bit. Usually, freeze, freezing is related to your, to your, to your lack of a file folder. What does that mean? So if the if chupacabras would just break through the roof right now, land on top of the table, and take out his chupacabras thing, I push Edgar and into start it. peeing everybody and like just peeing around the oh, room, shit. nobody would do a damn thing about it. That's true. We would all go into freeze. Why? Because we've never, never seen, seen a chupacabra. Never seen chupacabras. <laughs> we didn't know he had a chupacabra <laughs> thing, and you know, you know, like we're like whoa. Is he a threat? He's not so... And why is he pissing on us? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What, what's why does like, this chupacabra yeah. dick so look like that? Yeah. That, goes back, that goes back to the whole... My normal is way ahead of your normal. Yeah. So my, I've experienced that in training. I've experienced that in real life. Maybe not a chupacabras, maybe, but things related to well, violence. peeing. Things related yeah. to violence. Things related to people bleeding out. People ha- having a, a limb blown off by a round... Uh, people being tied up. I, that is in my... I have a file folder for that. Okay. And if you don't have one, seek out training where it gives you a file folder so you can compare the experience in real life too. Most people that freeze is because they don't have a file folder. All of a sudden, they're like, they car crash, they, everybody, everybody's fine, yeah. They look back, and their 12-year-old has a cut on, on the leg, and it's bleeding profusely. Oh, my God. They're going to denial. They they freeze. They they, they, they they all of a sudden they, they all the medical equipment they have in the back of their truck just fucking f- flies all over the fucking place. You know. A, a, a side note: if you don't carry a fucking burner phone, track phone, or cell phone in your medical equipment in the United States, you're a fucking idiot. Buy a tracker phone. If you have a tourniquet, <laughs> if you have a packing wound, put a cell phone in there because most likely 911 services are going to do more than you can and sometimes you lose your phone in a fucking accident and shit like that so carry a fucking burner phone in there with, even without a chip I think we'll fucking access emergency services why a burner phone because they start really quickly because they don't have a lot of bullshit on them that's a, just a side note for that shit right? that's actually smart anyways I think that. Uh, fucking go into this crash holy shit you have nothing to compare that experience with so if you don't have any training if you've never been high pressure t- t- tested 
as far as applying a tourniquet, as far as realizing if the tourniquet is, is to be applied or not, you know, you're just there waiting for somebody to do something, you know. Yeah. Um, again, your normal has to be different. You know, has to be. So you got to keep expanded. pushing that normal. Uh, yeah, it's like that that one lady um, that a bear was attacking her dogs. Yeah, and she ran out oh, and pushed, pushed, pushed it off the wall. Push pushed that bear off the wall. <laughs> that's a new normal for her. That's, so that's that, a new so like her experience. If somebody asks her, like, "Are you willing to fight a fucking bear for your babies, which yeah. is her dogs?" And again, people were laughing at that, or were saying, "Oh, that poor bear." Yeah. In her mind, I don't know. She was young. I think she's 17, 18 or something like that, Holy the lady. Fuck. So she, she, she just reacted to saving something that was really important to her, right? Yeah. People should focus on that. And it was her love for those animals was enough for her to get out there and push a fucking bear off a yeah. fucking Because I had, I didn't have a, that experience with a bear, but our neighbor's dog attacked my dog. And yeah. I went out there and he yeah. had killed it already. But, yeah. But, 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 but I didn't think about. I didn't think about that dog attacking you. You me. didn't, yeah. You didn't. You you thought about just saving. Uh, saving my dog. Yeah, but you know. Well, I didn't. But it's that, still freeze. You know, freeze. You didn't go into freeze. Uh, you probably went into some sort of uh, fight and then turned it into flight. I imagine. Right. Yeah. You saw that nothing could be done. And I was like, and maybe back off now, fucking dog. No, I, I grabbed it and ran inside. Yeah. But fight. Yeah, so so if people <clears throat> want to know where they're at. You know, yeah. Get training, not with me. No, fuck me. I don't. I'm, I don't know shit. You know, go go get some dark uh, dark angel medical training. Go train with those guys. You know, uh, you know, go do a shooting class where you get pressure fucking tested and shit fucking malfunctions and see if you can perform. Uh, you know, go skydiving. You know, why not? You fucking jumping out of planes pretty great when you have that's your ass and you're in charge of it. Yeah. Um, you know. Go camping. Go fucking go go down to Baja in your car and fucking figure shit out. Bribe a few cops on your way down there. Have you ever bribed somebody? No, and that's that's contributing to the problem. That's everyday fucking life in Mexico. Dude. Yeah, there's yeah. there's something that I guess you don't realize you have inside you until you're in that situation. Like until you get forced. When, when I was like five, our mobile home burned down. We had just gone here to the United States, and the fire was like right in the middle of the the mobile home and. My dad grabbed us and we ran through it because there's no door yeah. at that other end. Yeah. And so, like, there was no other choice. Yeah. But he could have easily just, you know. Done nothing. Done nothing and I wouldn't be here yeah. talking to. If it happens, if it happens, if it happens, <laughs> if it happens again, do you think he's going to react differently? Probably not. He just broke through his fucking normal. Yeah. That's his normal now. So, just think about that, you know. What's your experience base? And also, training is experience. I'm not saying it isn't. It's a it's a controlled experiences experience, but if it's real training, it should be kind of also a little bit weird and risky, you know. And that's the real training is usually there's some sort of physical risk involved in it. And what I mean by physical risk, failing, injury, just uh, there, there there has to be a physical investment in experience. There's no way around it, you yeah. know. If you go to if, like I, rem- I remember going through a f- first class with UTM here, and all these fucking guys were putting the vest on to not get peppered up too bad and shit like that. It's like, yeah, fucking take that shit off, fucker. <laughs> 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 fucking take that shit off. I don't know why. It's just, I don't, don't want to get hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. Yeah. But you're going to learn. You know, that's how you fucking learn. 
that's a thing. Uh, failure is a failure is a teacher too. Uh, pain is a teacher. And just pain is just fucking falsehoods leaving your body. It hurts like a motherfucker, but it will fucking show you shit. Uh, a lot of people just want to avoid that. You know, they want to feel yeah. good about something. You know, they want to they want to they want to feel like they achieve something, and they don't want to you know. Don't want to pay consequences to Yeah, them. they don't want to drop a knee somewhere and vomit because the weird blast <coughs> injury we made in a medical training class was too disgusting for them. But I, but I've been through three triple C training and combat medical training, shit like that. Yeah, and that puke looks pretty real. Yeah, we made it. We put it in the sun like two days before we started the class, and we made it with vinegar and pea soup and fucking cottage cheese and shit like that. And like we're some, they're trying to fix a bleeding wound that we've simulated, and all of a sudden, like a bystander was like, "Oh my god!" Bleh. And they puke, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Like, ah, oh, fucking everything stops. Like, dude, you can't keep going. Yeah, yeah. but I, but I'm vom- but I just vomited. The infection, so? is, the infection is going to be one of the last things you worry about. The gut fuckers bleeding out now. No. Pack the wound with dirt if you have to, and keep working. Again, his normal just fucking went. It's a different level, right? Wow. So if you if you have any doubts about yourself, seek out experience. You know, and if you have fear about the experience, seek out training that gives you a training experience. Uh, there's a lot of people out there doing it, uh, and there's a lot of experiences out there that people can get learning wise. Uh, I'm just one of them. Even yes. like you said, putting yourself in like uncomfortable situations too, right? That, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I like to do that all the time. I mean, I don't do it for that per yeah. like for yeah. whenever the time comes, but I, I like to do it because it, so I feel com- like it helps me. Yeah, figure out a conversation with somebody somewhere yeah. where you just um, if you want to find a friendly a friendly person in any environment, make yourself look like an idiot and have somebody approach you to help you, and that's your first key into that environment. Be it untying, untie, untie one of your shoes and walk into a room and somebody's going to say, hey, dude, your shoes are untied. You're going to say, thank you for that. I'm fucking struggling today with this shit. And that's the, that's the key into that environment. That's the start. So, so are that's you always question making friends? Remember, I always ask, how do you get... Yeah, he's he fucks up all the time. <laughs> but see, that's that's the question I ask somebody. Like, what's Because I'm horrible with, with you know, the, the, the how's the weather? Uh, I, small I, talk. Small talk. I'm horrible with small talk. Well, then, then, so I'd rather not talk. Then get a prop. And so get a prop because that's even weirder. If, to no, no, get a prop. Get a dog. Start conversations around your dog. Um, wear a T-shirt that is very specific to something that is locally very important, and have somebody start a conversation with that. If one, is anybody's traveling to Mexico, research what the local soccer team is and buy a soccer team jersey before you travel there. Wear that shit. And get where to get free beers, really? As a green go down there, you know, because that is a, you can get a prop. If you're not good with the social uh, engineering skills, get a prop. Yeah, and one will lead you to the other. Yeah, because uh, I'm okay with talking to somebody once I get past that barrier of what's that yeah. stupid small talk. So one thing is that most people are not going to be open to talking to the random strangers. Yeah, but some are. Yeah, and I'm, I'm one, good at that shit. One one way you can disarm somebody is to convince them that they started the conversation. If you can convince somebody that they started the conversation, you that's that's the first step to become a ninja, you know? Uh, what I mean by this is you go somewhere with, again, your shoes untied, and you have somebody observe that and tell you, hey, your shoes are untied. And you, that was purposeful. Yeah. 
you go somewhere where there's somebody with a waiting outside of a mall a mall store with a purse and a shopping bag and you get a shopping bag yourself and sit down and it's like and start fucking you know talking to an imaginary voice on the line which is a wife and now you have the element of shared suffering between you and that individual and you can start a conversation with that fucker because you are suffering together cuz you're both man standing that's I believe that's what that's called. <laughs> uh, shared suffering is another way you can get into people's fear of conversation. And I'm not talking about, and this is this is classic fucking criminal shit, you know, yeah. fucking social engineering and scamming. Um, I used to do it for information, and for, to, to go into places and not be fucking picked up and fucking murdered, right? Uh, but you apply it, you can apply it every day. And it's it's empowering. It's empowering to see yourself now all of a sudden be able to manage and have an influence on an environment when you get there, you know, just by being friendly, by being courteous, by talking to people, by treating people like human beings, by listening, you know, uh, by not, but not just listen, fake listening, because a lot of people misconstrue this. I just get a conversation started with somebody. Yeah. And then you start a conversation with somebody and the guy goes into, yeah, like I like I work in the oil fields and I thought this and that and you're just fucking spacing out. You're like, oh yeah, that's like we are right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you can no. say, hey, dude, I need to go to the bathroom. Can I go to the bathroom, take the shitter, and fucking go on an online fucking shitter course about fucking oil fields and shit? You can talk about that related yeah. to that and start talking to him as you get back. You know, it's like, oh yeah, this, this. and then you feed yourself. We live in a day and age where this access to the whole of the fucking world, world, right? Yeah. And you can make somebody, you know, you make somebody's day by just knowing a little bit about. You know who did that? that? Yes, uh, yeah, the guy that sharpens Carlos, yeah. the one that you said he Michoacana. does a cota la sopa. Yeah. yeah, him. He's like, I didn't know that much about him, so like I Google a little bit just so I could. Yeah. Uh, if he came over here, I could start a conversation with him. He's fucking good at. It's well, he's good at that. Though. Carlos yeah. will never run out of questions anyway. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's a. It's a a lot of us, a lot of us develop that skill as a defensive mechanism, and he probably developed it that way as well. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't have to be though. So people don't ask him stuff. Uh, no, yeah. not well, necessarily. But it's, it's uh, so I'm people don't. Answering the wrong answer. So people don't view you as a threat mm. because the quiet ones are usually dangerous ones in some environments. If you want to look at the threats in an environment, look who's hyper aware and who's quiet. Those are the fuckers you need to worry about, right? If you're hyper aware, you're worried about your ass, or you're worried about killing. Somebody. He hasn't said anything. There you go. Worry about him. <laughs> he hasn't sat down the whole time. Uh, He's eyeing him. Yeah. John, it's because John's <laughs> arms look kind of like hams. Uh, just worry about the hyper aware and the quiet. And if you are, you know, if you want to survive, don't be quiet and don't be hyper aware. Or if you're eye hyper aware, just you know, learn how to hide it. Learn how to hide right? it. Right. Uh, that's the difference between the beginners and the you know, pros and the experienced pros. Is humor another way to hide your uh, humor? Is a way to hide trauma. I think more more, more than not, uh, most of the people that I've met that have hide, that have went through some shit, you know, usually have a wicked sense of humor. Yeah, and it's usually from pe- to stop people from probing. Because that's something I've always seen. Like I've read before that humor is a way to say, "Hey, I'm okay." Uh, humor is a way to keep people from realizing you're not. Really, that I, I mean, at least that. that I mean, I'll, I talk about this shit openly. Yeah. Like, uh, I went through some shit, you no, know. Of course. And people see some of my uh, online content, they're like, "Hey, yeah, I'm like this is 
I mean, you you make me cry in one post and make me just fucking cry laughing in another. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's that's amazing, but it's yeah, also kind of like like what the fuck? And I'm like, well, I mean, that's you know, that's my coping mechanism in a lot of ways. Yeah, and when I say when I say that humor is a way of saying that you're okay, it, it, what I mean is when you laugh, that laughter is the way of saying, um, I'm okay. Like something bad didn't happen okay. right now. Well, and, and I, I'd say no. No. I'd say, ah, ha, ha, this I'm being funny. Look at this shit. Ah, yeah. Please don't probe any further okay. because I'm not okay. You know, that's that, okay. That's what I think as yeah. far as how humor relates to people, kind of in the similar background that I went to, or people that go into that. You know, again, some funny motherfuckers, and then you get down to it, and when they're alone somewhere, breaking the mirror with their forehead. And just repeating to themselves and the fucking sitting on the toilet that they're pieces of shit and they shouldn't survive what they survived. You know, um, humor is a defensive mechanism from people getting too close or probing. Mostly is what I've seen. Um, it is a coping mechanism for some people, I guess. Uh, I mean, but personally, for me, it's more of a this. Yeah, it's look yeah. Over, like a misdirection. Look over here, but don't probe any deeper. For me, it's a nervousness kind of thing. Yeah, so that's the, the more nervous thing. I am, I guess the more hilarious I am. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's a, to, to you, it's a more of a, it's a boundary, yeah. which is fine, you know. Does this help you, like what, sitting down and it? talking about it? Yeah, because uh, you do it a lot. So, uh, so I'll say this: uh, I am. People that are in my field are worried about clearances, keeping security clearances, pe- keep being able to keep their credentials. Uh, being able to carry uh, firearms in law enforcement capacity. Uh, people that ha- that work for the military, work for the military, or work under contract with other security companies now, and they want to keep that safe. So talking about their fucking emotional distress, PTSD, substance abuse issues, uh, medical marijuana, uh, use of psychotropic, so like, uh, you know, fucking mushrooms and shit like that to treat some of their symptoms. It's not something they would talk about, you know? But I can't get clearance ever because of where I was born and what I did for work. So that's not going to be an option for me. So I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can talk about some of these things uh, openly. You know, it's a very personal subject sometimes. And you know, but I, uh, I write every now and then these things I call fever dreams uh, on my Instagram account. And what they are are my therapy diary book that I have. Um, they are me working through memories that I have and or experience that I went through and trying to process them and just try and get some good out of it and or just to realize what the fuck happened, you know? Uh, some of them involve me talking to other people in my past and seeing how they went down or how they, you know, went through their shit. And some of them involve me uh, talking about, uh, you know... Uh, states of mind and depression uh talking about all of a sudden not being important in how you were important in the past so basically how my world ended and how there's nothing wrong with the world ending as long as there's another beginning in front of you um mental issues and fucking post-traumatic stress and and tbi and all that shit you know people talk about it now more and more but not a lot of people talk about how how it actually feels like or how it how it fucking affects you, you know. 
how how you can be the most friendly motherfucker in the world in, in one moment and then you get into a situation that triggers you and brings back some shit that happened in the past and all of a sudden you get defensive or aggressive or you turn into a different Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde character because of your up and down fucking situation that happens. Uh, how you can be fucking engaging, charming and fucking making everybody laugh and making everybody feel amazing. And then you go to your hotel room and you can't sleep all night because of bullshit that goes on in your head. And then you're trying to process uh, how you're going to be functional the next day. And you know, get, and then you just fucking get into a depressive cycle that lasts the whole of a night where you needed to rest. And now you have to fucking be back active. You know? uh, people don't want to talk about that shit because it's very personal. And when I share some of these things, when I talk about some of these things, when I post some of those fever dreams out there, a big part of it is to selfishly not feel alone and see people comment like, ah, I went through that. I didn't have words to describe what you just described, but that's beautifully put. Thank you. Mm. Um, uh, now I don't feel like a fucking weirdo that lives on the moon, right? Or now I don't feel like an alien for sitting in the room like I sit or for having these rituals before I go into a social setting where I have to have these touchstones to keep me grounded before I go into, you know, um, into a social interaction situation where you don't, you know, and, and just telling people that it's okay not to get better, but to at least learn how to live with it, you know? Uh, one of the biggest lies that I was told in my life is that you're going to get better. And that is not true. You learn to get better as far as how to live with it, with it. and adapt. But you will never get back to what you were. And that is that is something I like to talk about a lot. And again, it's taboo. I get a lot of shit for all the shit I talk about already. And that's just adding to the fire. And again, you know, I guess that's a lot of my afterlife is going to be just dedicated to shit starting. And I'm good with that, you know. <laughs> do, you, do you ever plan on... Because I, I know you don't go into detail a lot about what you talk about. Yeah. Do you ever plan on like sitting down and just writing a book about it and before... Uh, there's there's a there's a there's a um, book already done and I I, I just main thing I want to do is not have it be like what people expect. People are expecting a a, a skill a skills book or a, a craft trade craft book or a book on my exploits and shit like that. Fuck that. No. If you want to learn about that, listen to any podcast that I've been on talking about some of that experience. Come to a class, I'll show you. Um, the book I'm working on is specifically related to some of the afterlife post-traumatic shit that I, that I kind of go in through and went through. And it's going to be a book about just, you know, some of those fever dreams collected, organized uh, chronologically as far as my background. Um, share some of the tradecraft shit that I've learned through those stories. And I'm basically working on a, it's going to be a, a poetry book it's going to be a poetry book with field craft shit in it. God damn, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> have, and, um, have you ever, did you ever, do you think that if you had gone in, when you got to the U.S., gone into a different field, do you think that would have been worse for, for your... I've, I've got offers. i got offers to go back, but working for, for, for interest now, you know? 
So I would probably <laughs> been good. I got offered to go into the security field. You know, probably not. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't I, like, I, what if you had gotten an offer to say? Finish your medical schooling and go into medical and do that. Nothing related to yeah to the violence part and all that. That would have been great, you know. But I didn't, you know, you know, because that is a very expensive career here in the U.S. Yeah. And I didn't have money, so I had to look for options. And my options were, you know, I'm gonna go fucking Liam Neeson right now. You know, I've developed a very <laughs> specific set of skills. Yeah. I know where you are. I know what you are, you know. I know Mexican judo. You don't know if I have a gun. You don't know if I have a knife. You don't know. Yeah. I, I was that guy. Uh, at some point during my first uh, first months up here, that I just realized that if that was the bankable skill that I had, I just had the amazing uh, opportunity to have people around me that knew about it and that showed me how to fucking focalize it into training. Um, the first classes that I held here in the U.S. were through a company called Triple Lot Design. Um, and the first invitation that I had to do a class was through their company. And I, I yeah, shout out to them. And they they, got, they, uh, they basically got me started into in, in the whole weird training uh, scene in the States. And I've been having sell-out sell out classes ever since. Um, yes, I wish I had, you know... I wish I had a, the opportunity to do something that didn't fucking remind me of all the shit that I went through, you know? Yeah. And uh, because it is very taxing uh, on your you know, mind and your body. And I, I sort of I see what Jesus was trying to get to. If, so say you would have went into medical, like all your thoughts and all that that you express in your classes now and all yeah. your training, you think you would be sort of like in a, in a closet with all this in your head and not being able to yeah. express it? Right, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, at the end of the day, I was, I was, I was trying to tell people, what are you doing? What is this all about? This manifesto project you have, which now involves supporting independent news sources in Mexico, uh, supporting uh, orphan children from some of the people that work within the groups that I used to work with. Uh, I have a charity called Niños Perdidos. Uh, and I, I gather funds for them and also gather equipment to, to donate to some of the people still in the fight down there. They don't have a voice. They're corrupt Mexican cops and fuck them and they're criminals and fuck That's usually what you get from people down there. So that's what I'm working on. Um, I do charity for the Marine, uh, the Recon Sniper Foundation. I, I, uh, I just did a, um, uh, a donation of a go bag for the Ryan Terry Foundation, which is a Border Patrol agent that got killed by some of the Fast and Furious guns. An immigrant fucking doing that. An immigrant fucking doing a charity donation of $4,000 or up for uh, the Ryan Terry Foundation. You know? It's all like, Ed, what the fuck is up with all these weird causes you're about? Um, you're definitely trying to, trying to just help, basically, you know? Help in unexpected ways and look for the lost causes. Um, that's part of what I'm doing. Uh, the training side, the training the government uh, side as well, the going on podcasts, the coming out and, and going to visit companies and learning how they do their shit. Uh, the merch side of it, fucking sell merchandise now, which is weird for me. You know, I'm like, it's hard. That's a weird kind of thing to go, and that's its own thing now. That's its own part. Sneak Reaper Industries. That's its own company. That's doing its own thing now. Um, on the training side, just going out and training across the country, legit, I don't have to do this that often 
but if I didn't do this, I would lose my mind, you know, yeah, in a room somewhere. Part of the question. And, yeah. and in the end, like, what am I after? I am trying to give some sort of value and I'm trying to make my experience worth it. Because where I'm from, I didn't get a fucking parade home. I didn't get any recognition for what I did. Some of the people that died during the job that I did don't even have a gravestone because of the poverty that they came from and the poverty that they went back into after they went out of the job. Uh, and some of the kids are growing up in uh, houses with dirt floors, and I don't think that's fair. So motivation is that. Trying to make it worth it and trying to give a voice to some of these people and uh, trying to create some semblance of an afterlife for myself, you know? And if I, if I didn't do that, then I would be fucking stuck in a room somewhere and just fucking go batshit crazy, you know? Yeah, that's insane. Jeez. <laughs>